Hi, we're excited to launch our first dental podcast, Dental Dialogues, starting with our first series, Disruption in Dentistry, where we're exploring innovative technology and practices that are becoming more commonplace in the dental industry. From AI to telehealth to in-house membership plans, we're going to learn more about these disruptors and how they are improving patient care and what they mean for your practice. So kicking it off, we'll be discussing artificial intelligence or AI's use and impact in dentistry with Florian Hillen, CEO and founder of Vidya Health, a venture-backed company committed to unlocking the value of artificial intelligence and machine learning to improve the delivery of healthcare services for dentists, insurers, and patients. He holds two master's degrees from MIT, a medical degree, a business degree from LMU and Technical University Munich, and prior to Vidya Health, Florian founded a digital pregnancy startup, Ninu, worked at McKinsey and & Company, and for a San Francisco-based startup, Eco, which developed a stethoscope to automatically analyze heart sounds. So Florian, welcome, and thank you so much for taking time out today to, uh, to chat with us. Thank you, Eric. Great to be here. Let's just start with you giving us a, a high-level overview of what AI is and what led you to research and develop an AI product specifically that supports dentistry. Awesome. Yeah, let's dive into it. So AI or artificial intelligence is kind of everywhere, right? And overall, it's a not well-understood term. And it's really more a category of specific models which can do specific tasks. And you can imagine AI being an overarching category. And then under AI, you have machine learning. Maybe that's also a term you've heard. And machine learning is really pattern recognition. So you have inputs that can be uh, the shows on Netflix you are watching, that can be um, any imagery. Um, and then you have a trained system, which is an algorithm, which essentially is like equations. And then you have a defined output. And depending on the input, you have an output. And to give you a really good example for, for instance, the machine learning example would be Netflix. Um, right? When you have a new account on Netflix, you have to type in the top 10 TV shows you really like. That's the input. And then they have a machine learning algorithm which correlates to all the other users of Netflix who like similar TV shows and what other TV shows they're watching. So now you have as the output recommendations of five other TV shows you might like. Right? So that's, that's the simple process of AI. And everything is input to an output. And machine learning would be, for instance, Netflix. And then a subcategory of machine learning would be deep learning, which you maybe have heard as well. Deep learning uh, now uses even more and more data, and it becomes a little bit harder to understand how the input to the output correlates. But one example would be then, for instance, Alexa or Siri on your phone, right? Where deep learning, because it has massive amounts of data, right? Because voice, et cetera, is, is a lot of information. Um, and then it can you know, tell you as the input, like, Siri, how is the weather like? Right, and then it tells you the, the temperature. Um, and then a subcategory of deep learning then is computer vision. And computer vision is has takes now as an input images, right? Dissects every single pixel of this image and as an output, for instance, defines decay. So for us, as an example would be dental x-rays, right? Which we take as an input. Um, we have a machine learning system or computer vision system, which has learned on tens of millions of x-rays what, for instance, 
the pattern is of a decay of a cavity of other diseases. And as an output, it marks those, right? So that's the basic concept of AI. And you can literally apply it to any industry. So you actually kind of, in a way, answered the next question that I was going to ask. So, but I, you know, so I'd love to actually hear a little bit more. But the next question was, was going to be with all this, this, you know, with all this data manipulation, if you will, in all these areas, you know, what role is AI playing in dentistry? And, and maybe more specific, how can how can you know how can a dental practice use AI to both increase the the quality of patient care and the operations as well, the financial side. AI can and will play a very significant role in dentistry. Um, actually, my prediction is that while AI has already penetrated some other healthcare areas like radiology, etc., um, AI will probably have even uh, deeper penetration in the dental market in five years from now. Why? Um, so dentists in of itself, they are a clinician in a sense that they are um, a diagnostician they are a surgeon, they are a primary care physician, and they are a business person all in one, right? And you saw the rise of DSOs because, you know, they don't have enough time to satisfy all of these four roles at the same time. And so the business component in terms of sourcing material and so on has been tremendously successful from DSOs to take this off your burden. And another piece where AI plays now into uh, the game in dentistry is supporting the dentist and being a better diagnostician and a clinician, right? And so what I mean specifically by this is that AI will support the dentist in the diagnostic and doing x-rays uh, and identifying diseases in the uh, resulting treatment plan, taking in lots of data and identifying based by all these circumstances what would be the appropriate treatment plan, right? Then even in the operations, you were discussing this um, in terms of submitting claims to insurance companies or doing better workflows because right now lots of steps are manual in terms of charting patients, getting the documentation together, lots of things which could be automated, right? So across the value chain, if you really think from a new patient over the diagnostic, treatment planning, um, documentation, and then submission is where everyone AI and a data-driven approach can support this, right? And so now very specifically, you ask about the quality of care, right? So I think the quality of care, um, one thing our research at Vidya Health here has, has shown over and over again is that over time, the AI can be better in narrow defined tasks than an average dentist. Um, and that means that it can identify more accurately disease such as decay, such as endodontic issues, such as periodontal issues um, than the dentist. So it misses less, right? But it also has less what we call false positives, meaning, you know, that that we diagnose something as something and we do a treatment, but actually we shouldn't have done a treatment. So it can really help on both fronts. Right. So that will increase the treatment care tremendously. And then in terms of the financial operations for a dentist, first of all, it is advisable and, 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 and good for them. Right. To identify more appropriate disease and do appropriate treatments. Right. Um, it will also increase the trust between patients and dentists because you essentially have an ad hoc opinion. You see in dentistry a lot that patients go to other dentists to get a second opinion, but then they don't return to the first dentist to get the treatment. They're just stuck with the second dentist, right? So here you have now an ad hoc second opinion while the patient's in a chair. And then there are also other just efficiencies in terms of charting, documentation, claim submission, where you can reduce the workload a lot for a dental practice. 
And that's a huge piece right there. Again, going back to what you were talking about, about the reason why they were so interested in DSOs is, you know, taking off a lot of that administrative type burden so that they could focus on the clinical. This would make them so much more efficient in the clinical, efficient and accurate, and but yet still being able to deliver that personal patient care and, and keep that trust and keep the patient in their chair not allowing them to to go to somebody else's chair for, like you said, that second opinion. You, you touched on this a little bit also, I think, but what about larger impacts? Do you think that there are larger impacts that you could see from a public health perspective from the from the use of AI? Yeah, I mean, I think we will see uh, huge benefits of it. And, and that's one of the main reasons why why I jumped into this, this game, because I really think that in dentistry, um, the it is aligned to, on the one side, make a successful AI business, but on the other side, to actually elevate um, patient care as well as public health. So what strikes me over and over again is that in dentistry, almost all disease, 100% is preventable if you would identify it early enough or if you would have preventative measures, right? That is not the case in many other health domains. In dentistry, it is. Um, And so we've been showing in in studies with our partners, let it be DSOs, research institutions, or universities, that AI diagnoses much more accurately, as we discussed earlier, but also much earlier, right? We, for instance, identified decay six years earlier than some of the dentists. So there were patients coming into the office, and after six years, they were like, okay, great, now we need to do a two-surface filling, um, and they've never identified it, and, and our AI picked it up six years beforehand. So I think what we will see is that we will ident- like catch disease much, much earlier, right? I think another important aspect is can we use technology to drive down overall costs to give more access um, to, of, of oral health care to patients, right? Because 30%, depending on the statistics, they don't even go to the dentist. So we need to expand that. And then we will see a re- reduction in, 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 in long-term treatments such as implants, um, etc. Right. So that's that's on one side, and I think that's that's very exciting. Uh, on the other side, um, we will also see more and more the research being done on the link between oral health and systemic health. So um, I originally come from Germany, and you hear that from the accent, I guess. And um, and 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 there's no differentiation between um, dental insurance and uh, health insurance, etc. Because because it's all connected. Um, what we will see is that there might be ways of linking dental data and healthcare data to then flag suspicious systemic health conditions, such as hypertension, diabetes, all diseases which are closely leading to, to the oral health of periodontal disease, etc. So I think we will see even there an expansion then of oral health going into the, the overall healthcare. So then basically using AI to, yes, in this moment, you may be focusing simply on, on the mouth, on dental, but yet the data, the data points that you're collecting are really also looking and taking your whole body uh, into consideration, looking for, for everything, any links uh, potentially to anything else health related. That's right. That's right. And I think one of the biggest bottlenecks here is a kind of like the, the overarching topic in healthcare of interoperability, right? So how can you link these data sources to one another? It's actually not so much a technical challenge. Uh, sure, this is you know, a heavy lift to, to have algorithms understanding this, but the, the, the main point is can you um, link the dental practice management data with the healthcare data, right? And there are lots of you know, research collaborations going on. 
Epic is trying to move into the field of dental as well. And, and I see we will see the big change in the next five, to five, yeah, maybe five years. That's enough. Okay. That's a lot of good information. That's a lot said. If I am actually thinking about utilizing this sort of technology in my practice, what are some good starting points uh, and, and how would they go about uh, kind of growing from there? I think we have a lot of DSOs, also private practices, even insurance companies, et cetera, who reach out to us all the time about using the technology. And um, the best way is just to either email us at info at vidya.ai or to go on our website, vidya, V-I-D-E-A dot AI um, to contact us. And then, you know, a client success manager will get in touch. And essentially what this would mean is um, you could install our software and and try it out for two weeks um, and it would identify disease. And (laughs) most likely we like it a lot because you see like all of the sudden that you catch things you you maybe have caught otherwise not. And it's important for us to elevate patient care. Um, And that's a good starting point, right? Like that becomes then to be honest, honestly, a standard of care. And every practice we've been working with, it became the new standard of care. Um, and after that, there are lots of things how you can, you know, onboard uh, on, on, on further insights. And, you know, just to, to foreshadow this is, imagine you have an AI in your office, right, which is linked to your practice management data and to your imaging data. And now not just while the patient in a chair, it helps you to diagnose better, but it can also retrospectively go through all your data and identify patients where maybe disease has been missed, right? You can call these patients back and say, hey, look, we need to do actually, you know, a cleaning. Uh, we need to do a scan replying procedure, et cetera. Um, and so it can even help you retrospectively to reactivate patients. Wow. And, and, and something that you said kind of right at the beginning of that, you, you, you made a, uh, a reference to DSOs as well as the, you know, the smaller individual practices. This is, um, I mean, you, you, the way you look at this and the way that you're marketing this is, this isn't just for the big DSOs that are out there. This, this can be for the single doctor practice in any town USA with, you know, 2,000 patients, you know, and so forth. This, this can be for them. They can implement this, right? Yeah, that's right. That's correct. I, I think it's for everyone. Um, I think DSOs are particularly interested in it because they have very young graduates um, from dental schools with little experience, so to say, and the AI introduces a standard of care, right? Um, That said, I I think one of our highest adopters are just like private practices uh, who who really want to do the best for their patients, right? And who are also looking for new technical differentiators, maybe across other practices, et cetera, but really who, who want to do the best at their patients and also work with the patients on it. It's a very obvious technology uh, once in the practice because it's used for patient communication. Are you seeing any dental schools um, utilizing this as a, as a teaching tool and, and something that's going to be coming out, uh, you know, that they will actually have their hands on in, in practice? Yeah, absolutely. We actually partnered up with ATSU in Arizona. Um, they've been using our AI to train their dental students for the past year. And, um, and so it, it helps a lot for them to learn how to diagnose, how to treatment plan. And it's kind of a gamified version of like, okay, you can compete against the AI. And what research has shown is actually, and that's also over and over, and that's kind of the beauty of this. It's not a Terminator story. It's more like a, a hybrid story that, you know, the AI has a certain... We call it accuracy. The human has a certain accuracy, but together they are actually the best. Yeah. 
That's that's fantastic. I, well, and I, and I, that's great because now these students are going to come out with this, you know, with this knowledge of of artificial intelligence, how to use it, and they're going to be looking for it. You know, they're going to be looking for it in practice. And so, you know, if the practice that they go to work for doesn't have it, right, they may encourage the use of it. And if they come out and start their own practice, they're going to be wanting it because it's what they've been trained on. And like you said, now it's you've got the human side. And you've got the 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 uh, automated side, and you put those two together, and it's a pretty amazing, you know, uh, diagnostic tool. Absolutely, um, that's why we are predicting that in five years, you know, it will be the standard of care in oral health, and and I think that's also fascinating, right? Imagine you're going to your local dentist, and um, from now onwards, you know, there will always be an AI uh, being a second opinion right there, right then. Um, especially in industries such as dentistry, where you unfortunately sometimes have a lot of friction between patients and, and, and provider. I agree. Um, I think this will be a tremendously helpful tool. Um, and that's why there's also so much more value in this than, for instance, for radiology AI products. Um, they are absolutely important as well, right, to identify skin cancer and uh, mammography and uh, breast cancer. But here it's really in the face of the patient. It's really in the forefront. It's not... In, in the back of a dark radiology room. Right. The patient, right, actually gets to see yes. it in action and see what's happening right there. That's right. Any final thoughts around this? Any final thoughts that you want to impart uh, to, to our listeners uh, about AI and its use uh, in, in dentistry? Well, I think just that, that uh, everyone who is interested should, should reach out. And I think there are like some obvious, uh, you know, kind of first tracks we just talked about it right patient care etc and then the opportunities beyond that um, in terms of clinical insights patient communication etc uh, are tremendous and i'm really hopeful and positive that this becomes a new standard of care and and also very excited because it's one of the few fields where really ai and data can do something very good so very excited about this and um, and, and encourage your, your listeners as well to, to be on the lookout for it. Hey, no, I, I'm excited too. This is, this is amazing. I mean, I, I really am. Well, well, Florian, I want to just thank you again very, very much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your insights, your knowledge, and, and what I can feel is a passion for, for, for the technology, but also a passion for what the technology can do for for us, for people, uh, not, not just for a business, but for the actual care of people. So thank you very much for, for giving us your, uh, your time today. Thank you. And, and thank you everyone for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast. Uh, visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper Dental Dialogues podcast.